One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. I went out to Ballincollig in the summer of 2022 to meet the Walsh family. And they became friends of the show and it's fair to say friends of mine too on, on a level I went to meet Jim and Mary and Sandra Jim at that stage Sandra had reached out to us in desperation she said to us and I remember her email from back then her dad had advanced dementia poor mobility non-verbal but besides that he was very healthy fully engaged in family life loved getting out for coffee and cake Loved minding his garden and was always smiling and laughing. Sandra and her mom were caring for Jim full time at home and they wanted to continue doing so. They used to have, and this is the summer of 22, they used to have two carers coming three times daily, seven days, and then it all fell away and they did nothing. And they were finding it very physically difficult. They'd lost their services about a month before they reached out to us and by the time I met them, they were physically and mentally exhausted. Sandra had been to politicians, she'd been to the HSE, but nobody seemed to be listening, and she felt that her family wasn't anybody's priority, and that they'd no option but to go public. And on receipt of that message, I went down. Sometimes I'll go outside the bounds of 96FM, and I'll go and meet somebody. And I went down, and I met Jim and Mary and Sandra, and we had tea, and we had a chat, and it was a beautiful summer's afternoon that I went down there, and Jim was out in the garden while Sandra was tending his pots, and what? And he, she said to me, he's watching me now to make sure I don't make any mistakes. And Jim, Jim wasn't talking, Jim was non-verbal at that stage, and didn't have a whole pile of movement, although he shook my hand and looked into my eyes and we made that connection man to man eye to eye and you know you're in the presence of someone lovely someone really really lovely and I did a long interview uh, with Sandra Mary wasn't Mary wasn't inclined to take part she was she'd get upset and that's understandable but they needed help and they were reaching out to us to see could they get some help for Jim and you know what they did they did and and it worked out and we talked a couple of times after that when there would be a hold up in the provision of service or there'd be a glitch and Jim wouldn't get the care that he needed for a day or a week or whatever. And Sandra would always reach out and say, can we get this going? Can we get this going? Because there's no shortage of money to pay for this. There's, the problem was getting the people in to do it. 
And people got involved politically, like Colin Burke, who spoke to the family quite a lot and did his best to be fair to him. And then about a week and a half ago, I received the news that my pal Jim had passed away. He died peacefully in the early hours of a morning with his beloved Sandra and Mary by his side, holding his hand. And uh, he opened his eyes and a little tear went down the side of his face. And they said, go on, go on, Jim, off you go. And Sandra said she would look after Mary, like they'd look after him. And it was just a lovely family, just a beautiful, beautiful family. Um, Sandra's on the phone. Uh, How are you doing, Sandra? Morning. Good morning, PJ. We're okay, is the only way I can put it. I can't say we're flying. I can't say we're down in the dumps either. We're just getting on. The hard part is the evenings. We have this massive big hole in the evenings where the evenings are now long. They're sad. They're lonely. They're bordering on creepy because you're going to bed and you're not running in to make sure is he okay. And we're not getting up in the middle of the night to see is he okay and checking him breathing and everything and checking do we need to put the head of the bed up a little bit more if his breathing was sort of very heavy or anything. The the evenings are hard, but everything we do, there's a memory of dad. And I literally mean everything because he would sit at the table with us and eat alongside mom and myself every day. Mom and I are getting used to what hot meals are again. And it wasn't that we used to eat cold meals per se, but everything like at dinner time, mom would feed him to be one spoon for Jim, one spoon for Mary, me feeding him in the evenings. Or more often than not, I would just leave my own there and feed him continuously. And then when I'd be finished with dad, I'd eat my own. Then we'd go through the whole medication routine, crushing them into fine powder, into yogurt, give him, make sure he has a, a sufficient amount of fluids before his carers would come by night to put him to bed. And we were very lucky. Dad never lost his swallow. I just can't describe how blessed we are with that. I, I get it because I remember when I came out to meet him, remember remarking at the time he knows what I'm saying and I remember talking to him and his eyes focusing directly on me that presence was there right to the end was it Sandra? That presence was there up to two weeks before dad departed Um, he would always engage with you he would engage with mom he would engage with me there were no words but he didn't need words to communicate um, he engaged really well the last 12 months well the last sort of 8 or 9 months we had full time care but the last 12 months we had partial care for him and those carers were amazing we had a steady team mm-hmm. it wasn't a case of changing faces every day the people we had the last 12 months of dad's life every one of them are angels in the last couple of weeks, it was like as if it was their own newborn baby that they were looking after. But he could see that in them because dad, even when he couldn't talk, was able to tell a person. He was always good at that all his life. But we always knew whether a person was good, bad or indifferent by the way he would engage with them. He would take to you 
if he knew you were a good person, a kind person. But he would just sit there in stony silence if it was a carer he didn't like. It, it fills my heart, Sandra, when you tell me that he had such great care in the last year or so of his life because, to recall for listeners, it was because of the lack of care and the inability to source care that you came to us in the first place and I came to meet you. So I'm so delighted with that. Yes, and I can't say that he played a small part in getting care for us. I think he played a large part. And my heart bleeds when I know there are families in similar situations. But in fairness, the HSE came up trumps in his last week because I rang, I went straight to the top, I rang the boss of the home support office and I said, look, situation is, we know dad is end of life. We know he has increased care needs. We don't know if he will ever get out of the bed again. Of course, Jim, being the Lazarus that he was, did get out of the base the following day for a few <laughs> hours into his wheelchair. He was he defied all logic. But we needed the assistance. And in fairness, we got four calls a day oh, that was to great. cover that. It was the right thing to do, but it wasn't even questioned because I basically rang and I told them what I needed. I didn't ask because <laughs> I can be very bold like that. I told them. I had already done my homework and I knew that one of the agencies that were doing the job for us on behalf of the HSE had the capacity to do it. So I basically said, ring this number and give the green light. Or says you, you know who will ring next. Well, I would have if I, I had to. <laughs> I know yeah. you would. I know you would. How's mom? Mom, she's going around saying she never thought she'd be a widow, even though she did know it, but knowing it and thinking it are different things. And she's she's upset, but she's coping. Like we are grieving. Like what the thing that has amazed me is we were very lucky. My dad, as I've told you before, was a very intelligent man. And he literally had everything sorted out. Mm-hmm. He had his will sorted, everything wasn't joint names with mom, all the rest. But the part that has got me that despite probably being the most simple, straightforward estate to resolve, there's so much work involved in it in reality. And, you know, you're onto banks, you're onto insurance companies, even simple things like getting a name on a bill changed is complicated in this day and age. And you're met with GDPR and you're like, no, you can't speak to the person unless you can rise them from the dead and resurrect their ashes. If I get asked, could I speak to James once more? I would probably go down the telephone line and throttle the person myself. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing, isn't it? You, you're calling them because the person has passed away. You're changing the paperwork because the person has passed away. And still, they ask to speak to him. In many cases, it's a fact the way Dad had things done that, say, the ESB bill would have been in joint names. So you're ringing them to say, look, the person is now deceased. You keep the account. You just take the name off of it. Yeah. Because I don't want mom to be getting bills in 12 months or two years or 10 years time with dad's name still on them. 
and the palaver you get. I know. And I think part of the problem is everything is centralized in call centers these days. They're trained to follow a system and a routine. So they've set lists of questions in front of them. And they're not allowed to basically stray away from those questions. Yeah, that's right. And they kind of tick. I've asked for James. Tick. He's not there. Tick. What do I do now? Hmm. Oh, GDPR. And I'm like, seriously. I know. Just put me on to someone who can actually talk to me and understand. I'm saying that my dad has passed away. You've spoken to mom. She's the other account holder. So please just delete his name. Yeah, it's it's and it's so difficult at such a such a tough time. How are you doing yourself? You were the one who came to us first. You've been a warrior for your dad. How are you now? I feel like I'm nothing to do most days once the telephone calls and the paperwork are done in that they're keeping me very busy at the moment. Yeah. And I actually said to mom a few days ago, I actually don't think I've had time to grieve for dad. Yeah. But I'm looking into a future and I actually had to, I mentioned the last one, of the last times I was on that I was doing a master's. Yes. I actually ended up having to park that because dad was in and out of hospital a lot. I parked it with the knowledge and consent of the School of Languages in UCC and I'm going back to it now in January. Okay. Um, and I'm going to finish it. Full stop. I promised Dad that on his deathbed. But I still find myself looking two, three, four weeks in advance and kind of going, what am I going to do with my time? Yeah. And even a simple thing like the other day, I went out and after the trees losing their leaves and the wings that had been there for a while, our driveway and garden was full of leaves. And I went out to sweep them up. And next thing I knew, I was in tears because I looked in towards our porch and there was no dad sitting there wrapped up in blankets, heating full blasts in our hallway, sitting in the porch, looking out at me. Yeah. I spent more time waving into him and telling him he was a great fella and asking him was I doing things right than I was actually doing the gardening or sweeping up or tidying or whatever because I had it done in, a, I'd say, less than half the time yeah. I would have had it done on any other occasion. But that was all the fun in it. And they're the things I missed because yeah. they were fun. They were very simple, but they were fun times. And he was just, I, I actually started calling him my Velcro daddy because he was, he was tied on to me. Yeah. He he even came to lectures in UCC. Like, uh, hello. Uh, what a guy. What a guy. Well, it was a, it was a privilege to meet him on the occasion that I did. And it's been a privilege to know you and your mom over the last couple of years. Well, it's, well, it's been a privilege for us to have contact with people who cared. Look after yourselves, won't you? We will, of course, look after ourselves. And I know that there's a man upstairs with big angel wings running around with the previous doggies that we had uh, looking down and wrapping us up in his arms. And that's what he's doing. Take care, Sandra. Give my love to you, Mom. Thank you, PJ. I will, of course. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. 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 You have a fantastic day. Or the best day that you can have as you grieve the loss of the wonderful, wonderful Jim. This, the in, just 
it, what she said there, I just made a note of it as I was going through. Why is it so hard to get paperwork changed? I'm sure she's not the first person, far from it in fact, to experience that. But I think she's the first person in a long time to express it so well. Why when you call up a utility or a provider or a bank or anyone like that to change, do a simple thing like change the name on an account and and the conversation opens and I know this because you know we've had these conversations after my dad passed away you know uh, you know Mr. Coogan or in this case Jim Mr. Walsh has passed away um, and we'd like to adjust the and they go could we speak to James actually no you, you can't I mean that's a very upsetting conversation to have to have for anybody and there's got to be an easier way to do it. I just thought that's one talking point that arises for me out of my chat this morning with Sandra. Corks 96 FM.